Welcome everyone to So What Is It, a Red Wolf podcast. Here I am, Matthew, with my good friends Dan, Matt and Matty. Say hello, boys. Hello, boys. Hello, boys. Hello, boys. There they are, in, in good form already. You're clearly on for a good episode tonight. Can we just, just by the way, imagine, hello, boys. <laughs> it wasn't quite as John Inman as that, thank you very much. It's just that you kind of took me surprised by surprise with the way you went, hello, boys. That was good. Brand blessed for my liking, as we were. We're here tonight to talk about the episode Queeg. Um, Oh, what can we say about this episode? I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna leave Dan till last. I know he's itching to speak about this one, so I'm gonna leave him till last. Matty, Matty, how'd you get on with Queeg? This was actually a really good episode. Really good, good laugh, and actually very funny. I don't know. We obviously we won't go to the end yet, but of course that whole episode all led up to something that was absolutely hilarious. Well, that's it. That's one of my notes. Is is one big long joke? The whole episode is a long joke. Yeah, it? which is quite quite well done i love that i love we've had lots of episodes where it's been like lots of little bits of a story that was just one big story that was one big joke and i love that about that that was genius brilliant matt what about you how did you get on with it it was so full there were so many aspects to it so many elements i was writing notes and i was actually exhausted by the time i'd watched it so i watched it again and this is the first time I've actually done that since I think, early in, in series one. I only allow myself to watch, to watch them um, once. It was great. It was really great. There were so many different things. I mean, right from the get-go with Holly's little, his, his usual speech, and then the... The only thing that helps me maintain my slender grip on reality is the friendship I share with my collection of singing potatoes. And then being really sort of taken back to the time when my sister would have been 18, 19. Lister is do clearly doing the Cosmopolitan sex quiz. And that- You've I, clearly done it as well. <laughs> I have got an older sister. I've got a sister four years older than me. And so then, well, you know, she would leave those kind of magazines lying around. And Lister might have been a, was it a foxy lady? Yes, I'm a sex beast. I was probably, you know, a shrinking violet or something really boring or something. Go on, Dan. You, you've you've contained yourself well there. I have contained myself because you know, clearly this was the best episode of Red Dwarf that has ever been, and therefore <laughs> oh, wow. everyone agrees with me. Is there a so far in there? Is there a so far? Yeah, there is a so far in there. There's great stuff to come, but no, I was laughing all the way through, and and like Matt, I I, I watched it once, laughed all the way through, couldn't have taken notes if I was trying, uh, and then when I went back, uh, I kept having to pause it to take notes because, uh, yeah, I was just laughing throughout. It was, as, as Matty says, it was one long joke, really well executed, yeah. but it was yeah. packed all the way through. There were jape after jape, wheeze after wheeze. <laughs> what did you jape think, what did you think about it? Oh, I really enjoyed it as well. I mean, I think it 
probably was the best one in the series so far. I, I don't think it all worked. I think there were moments in there that w- where it dropped, but I think overall the the way the episode played out, the payoff at the end, yeah, it, it's a it's a, a classic moment, isn't it? So definitely definitely a, a really good episode for me but i've enjoyed them all as i keep on saying but yeah this was a good one so let, let's do uh, let's do our um normal going round and see what one moment if you can find a moment and i'm gonna not the end moment okay i, I think probably oh. if we were to choose a moment the end moment is the moment of the episode um so i think we can all agree that um <laughs> we are talking jape of the decade we are talking April, May, June, July, and August full. It's, it's probably the moment. Another moment apart from that. Matty, start with you. Rimmer with the running, with the exercising, when he was saying about they have a they have an agreement that he says to wake him up at 6am, but then he happens to forget, so he sleeps in. That, mm, made, cool. that, that made me chuckle. Dan, I'm going to keep you in suspense this time. What about you? Oh, look, I think we're going to talk about Holly a lot in this episode. Definitely. He had some belters, but... Uh, do you know what? One of my favourite lines was, it was just so brilliantly Rimmer. He's playing drafts against the Scutter. He's <laughs> utterly, utterly ruined. And so he's basically cheating his way to victory. And then not only is he cheating his way to victory, but there he is going, Rimmer, Rimmer. <laughs> yeah. I just thought, absolutely, absolute belter. Matt? Um, from the very beginning... Um, what you're going to name everything from the very beginning? I, I, I've told you about this before. This is one favourite thing. This is what we normally do, to be fair. Oh Christ! I, I mean, from the very beginning of the program, the um, the bit where Cat and Lister are listening to the twisted tape of, of Tess of Duberfils, and I, I just thought that was so using a matism, <laughs> random, but, but really, really hilarious. And um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and the, the the joke about the geography, t- the story about the geography teacher saying that didn't think that men were better than machines. And um, obviously, you know, the, with the noises that she yeah, was making. Yeah, I mean, that, that is a good one. And I, but I was thinking when that came up, along with another joke, um, the condom machine in the Vatican, <laughs> they, they, they felt like um, old jokes. But again, I wondered how old they were when they went out at the time. I mean, how often in programmes did we see comments on geography teachers using vibrators <laughs> well not not very much i would have thought no no i guess not it's fairly niche what, yes. Yes. It's a geography teacher it made me laugh yeah. <laughs> hang on a second i used to teach geography <laughs> <laughs> oh dear i shouldn't have said that right as you were i think actually a twisted tape of uh, of robert hardy reading test the d'urbervilles is probably the only way to go through it i'm afraid i have i have less than fond memories of doing of, of having to study test of the d'urbervilles for gcse english and i didn't like it i didn't you sure get you, to... did you not do tests at a level uh geez if i did then i'm amazed i passed because i have no recollection of studying well, no, hang on hang on we were in the same GCSE. we were in the same english at gcse and we we didn't do tests we did tests at a level i remember because i bunked off to the day the day to catch up on reading the thing <laughs> I, I, I had a bit did you not buy the abridged version like everybody no, else GCSE. No, it was definitely gcse because there's uh there's a bit and this is not very red dwarfy but there's a bit where basically she's raped by her cousin and we had to read that bit at home and then we came into school and, and no one had and, got it. And, and the teacher <laughs> said oh what did you think about that and, and i had i had to put my hand up i said what happened 
And we read it again in the class, and it was so euphemistic that despite the fact he said, here, these words here, no, didn't get it. So a twisted tape version of uh, Test the Dirt Bills is probably the only way to listen, I would say. Well, anyway, <laughs> moving on to what I, one of my favourite things. It is hard to pick up these things, but it's just something about Holly going, do me a lemon. <laughs> 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 it's just, where's that come from? <laughs> do me a lemon. I mean, yeah, do me a lemon. And um, he said about... No, 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 old Tottenham, that is. Old, a steaming pile of Hotspur. Yes. <laughs> oh. Uh, another favourite line of mine, I've got to say that. Uh, was there any damage? I don't know. The damage report machine has been damaged. Yeah. <laughs> it, was a, it was just a brilliant episode for Holly, yeah. wasn't it? It, it just, was. Oh, it was, yeah. I know it was all about him, but oh my word. The, yeah. There were no duds. I yeah. didn't think, I know, Matt, you said there were one or two bits that you didn't think worked as well, but no, I, I'm, I'm struggling to think of any. Do me a lemon. Well, I tell, I tell you what, we'll, we'll talk briefly about those moments that I thought didn't quite work then, just to get those out of the way, because there, there weren't many. I mean, it's being picky now for the sake of conversation, I suppose, in a way, but but there were there were two. I, I, it, it's not that it didn't work, but I don't like in shows the old, we're going to say, I'm not going to do that thing, <laughs> jump cut to the thing, and they're doing it. So it was... Uh, it was Cat saying, I do not do the W word. This pussy doesn't work. And then it jumps to him doing work. I Personally, I find that, may, again, maybe it wasn't done. Uh, maybe it hadn't been done so much back then. Yeah, so maybe it's just been done too much over the years. Again, maybe this wasn't so used at the time. But that sort of jump cut to in that style doesn't work for me. So so maybe I'm being unfair. Maybe it's just something I don't like. The other thing I didn't think was so good was the, the P bit. When he when he had his, I liked the pee on toast, but it was just a bit forced the way he flicked the pee across the room. Really, I suppose is a little bit oh, silly. Also, if we were talking about that, right? Who has peas on toast? Surely they would have had a bean. <laughs> no, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who has it. I mean, that's that that bit's fine. I like the pee on toast. I mean, it, it why was, not? It was it was that's purely what, because that's what Queeg's giving him. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. okay. It was it was you know it was meant to be bad. That's what oh, okay. Queeg is allowed his rations to be. I mean, you say Queen, well, that was but, pretty, I mean, pretty obvious. Okay. I just, I just... If it was an egg, it wouldn't have flipped across the room either. <laughs> Very true. I, I was thinking a bean, but you know, uh, it was more the way the more the way it was performed. Actually, uh, the way it was ha- had to be forced to be flipped. I mean, you wouldn't cut a pea like that, would you? You wouldn't put your knife down on a pea and tiddly wink it across the room. That's all I'm saying. Might be making mush peas. I think he was trying to mush it, but yeah. you know, I think we may be okay. well, concentrating defend- on the pea a lot. It you might have been a, a dried pea. A dried pea. <laughs> <laughs> they're quite... They're, oh, if you hit the, flick that with a knife, that would ping off, you know, dried peas. They're quite hard. Have someone's eye out. I tell you. I, I'm thinking of all sorts of things now. Um, things have, you guys got, have you guys got anything that didn't quite work for you? I don't... I mean, I love the episode. I don't want to be uh, slagging it off. Uh, but well, it's worth talking about a couple of things that don't work still. No, silence in the room. Okay, I'll go yeah. on. Um, <laughs> one bit that I thought was really funny but might have gone on slightly too long was the story about Peterson's smart shoes with the fact that he had this this pair of shoes and they they took him to Burma instead of Oslo and went rogue and drove a stolen car into the canal. Peter, Peterson's shoes went to heaven as they have souls. <laughs> and I, it was out... 
it was coming out of my mouth as it was being said as I as it was being said it was it was slightly obvious that was but I still laughed that's I thought it was a good joke it it if it, yeah I mean if there was a bit that didn't perhaps land that was perhaps a joke that they came yeah. up with and then they thought oh we'll bung it in there it didn't quite fl- it was a good joke but it was uh, yeah it was uh, they just dropped it in it didn't need to be there particularly well, in a meta way, I mean, I was thinking about this. It, it was another long joke. They didn't often do long jokes, did they? No. But as the episode was one long joke, it was quite fitting, I thought, that they had another long joke embedded in there somewhere. Maybe I'm finding reasons now, but, yeah, it was just winding Rimmer up, wasn't it? I quite liked it. <laughs> I quite liked that bit. <laughs> I was just saying a couple of other things then, just quickly. We'll move on from this. I didn't like it the bit where Rimmer got his legs back and then did the duh, 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 thing. Me, 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 me. Yeah, wait for me, 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 me. That was sort of like a, a sort of an effect that didn't work for me. Well, it's very Max Headroom um, of the of its time, wasn't it, really? That sort of thing. Yeah, it was a little bit, wasn't it? But it did give way to further malfunctions and the the, the piece where he's doing impressions of... Yes. Where, and he's repeating and doing impressions of everybody else. Yeah, that was I fine. thought it was yeah. brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was Loved really it. good. Yeah, well, he was the cat. Particularly his impression of um, Polly, I have to say, I thought he, he nailed yeah. it, even sort of holding his head up. And yeah, no. Fair play to him. That was my. That was the next thing I was going to say was the, the impressions were actually pretty bang on. To be fair, they were. And at that time, after the explosion, when Holly went, uh, well, it was they were connecting the white cable. Oh yeah, it was a yellow cable. Really deadpan <laughs> after there was the, the, the massive explosion. <laughs> And it's just like oh, that's brilliant. That that was hilarious. But we have. It's quite interesting. In in this episode, there were a couple of jokes that were used a couple of times. That being one of them, wasn't it? Because obviously Holly's introduction into the episode is sort of like, oh, I forgot what I was going to say now, and then the meteor hits, and yeah, look out, a meteor is about to hit the ship. <laughs> and then it's a similar joke, isn't it? So I put the white cable together, or is it the yellow cable after the explosion? It's the, it's the same joke twice there, and then also we got the repeat joke with Holly of, you know, give us a question, any question, uh, a space question. Oh, you want me to prove it, do you? All that. <laughs> and then he does the same thing with Queeg, going, name your game, any game, noughts and crosses, you know, what, all okay. that. So that, that rep- <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's just a kind of notice going through. It's all like, oh, he's done that joke twice. And we've done this joke twice. I remember that book. Um, one of my friends had that, had a copy of that exact, that exact book. As soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, my God, I remember that. I remember, totally remember that um, that book. I mean, he needed it, guys. You are forgetting that he has an IQ of six. So. <laughs> six in it. I loved Holly's Night Watchman outfit there with his with the oh, flat, flat yeah, cap oh. and scarf. The scarf. I mean, the scarf is pure brilliance, considering he's just a head without a neck. Yes. A scarf. <laughs> Absolutely. Still managed to get a scarf in. You know, you know, we've actually done a um, a red dwarf thing. We're sort of like getting on for fifteen minutes in, and we haven't actually mentioned really Queeg very much, have we? I am Queeg five hundred, the red dwarf backup computer. The actual character of Queeg. most of that fifteen minutes is going to be cut out. <laughs> so let's just wait. so we are about six minutes in, and um... well, actually, funny you should say that it was six minutes after the titles. It was six minutes thirty when Queeg came in. So oh, he yeah. actually came in pretty quickly on this one. So yeah. So what what do we think of Queeg though? I mean, we we didn't go off the ship this time. This whole series has been notable in the fact that compared to the first series, we've got off the ship. We've had more characters. 
this one scaled right down and our only extra was Queeg. What do we think of Queeg? Dan? I thought he was uh, he was a, a good character. He was he was a, an absolute antithesis of, uh, of of Holly. Once you get the reveal, you realise why Queeg behaves in the way that Queeg did. But at the same time, you know, would would he have been like that if he was if he was a genuine genuine ship's computer? But no, he was he was clearly behaving in that way as a as a vengeance thing. But no, he was uh, he was good. He was he was very abrupt. I thought he played. Now, you haven't got a lot to work with when you're a disembodied head. Yeah. And I thought, uh, I, I, I don't know who played the part, sorry, but I thought he did a really good job. Um, and he, he interacted with the crew very, very well. Yeah, I, I actually thought, I certainly the voice, I really recognised the voice. I don't know if, if he'd done voiceovers or vo- or ad- stuff for adverts or whatever. I really recognised the guy's voice. Uh, not, not his face so much. So it's interesting you say that because I've got some facts. So, yes, the actor, Charles Organ, Organs, and yes, he was known as, you're right, he was a voice actor. This was his only ever role where you saw his face. <laughs> really? Yeah. So he was also in Smith & Jones. He was a voice in Smith & Jones. Uh, Treasure Island. Um, and the last thing he did before Red Dwarf was he was a voice in the film Labyrinth, if you remember that one. Okay. Labyrinth. He was Fiery Two. Labyrinth is that the one with David um, David Bowie's yeah. weird yeah, codpiece? Yeah. Don't go into the labyrinth, Sarah. Yeah. But he was Fiery Two, and yes, he was a voice actor. This was the only um, show where you actually saw his face. Well, well what a way! If you're only going to do one, I think he, he did very, very well. He did indeed. So, what about themes of the week? Themes of the week. I've got a couple written down. What, what are we thinking about themes of the week here? Let's let's get into the moral dilemmas, the psychological things, the uh, what we can reap out of a comedy program of half an hour. Um, the grass isn't always greener. That's a, a, oh, I wrote those very words down. Of course, Matthew Wilson. What about you? Um, always Give take us- a joke too far. <laughs> yes, that's something. That is something I can get on board with. Yeah, you certainly can. Rumor, rumor, rumor. <laughs> oh, of the nature of friendship, of course. Yeah. The nature of friendship, and we have this big, um, big joke from Rim. Well, it's not a joke for Rimmer, but it's a joke within the program of him not trusting people and Porky wanting to eat him at um, camp. Where... Prinkle, squirmy, blip, blap, blap. <laughs> I'll put a soundbite in, probably. Yeah. Do, yeah. Yeah. No. No. Do because I do. Uh, try- but yeah, so they, those those things come up and they do run through the episode, the trust and the friendship and all that sort of thing, because they didn't trust Holly. Um, you know, Rimmer was worried about that. Yeah, the grass is always greener. So all, again, this moral stuff going into the uh, the episode, really. So I, I think that's what makes the programme still work for me quite quite heavily. It turns out Porky was the ringleader and actually bagsied my right buttock. And it was just charming to watch. Whether it actually was the funniest one so far, we could debate that all night, I suppose. But as I was watching it, I was thinking, this is it's just smile on your face as you watch it. They're really comfortable now, aren't they? It's, they've definitely reached that stage. Yeah, yeah, definitely. They, they're within their roles now, and, and we're, we should be happy with them where they are. And it just felt, yeah, comfortable to watch all the way through. I think it's one of the first times... I mean, they obviously... In every episode, they're winding each other up in one way, shape, or form. Whether Rimmer or Lister is trying to get one up on the other one, um, 
but they all came together that nature of friendship bit when they perceived there was, there was an existential threat to their to their gang as you say they're really comfortable now Kath is in it all the time holly drops in although he can't remember why um you know they get they, they're really they're a little they're a tight little group and then when they perceive there's an existential threat okay they they caused it by not backing holly but then hang on a minute no we, we've got to get the gang back together and you know they say nice things to holly and holly says nice things to them eventually and it's yeah it was charming's a really good word actually i i like you was smiling all the way through but yeah this this episode had me laughing out loud more more than any i mean i have to say i did say it was the best one it is definitely the best one so far um and there were some snorting lines in it <laughs> snorting lines the only snorting lines yeah daddy um <laughs> I can't believe um, that, that the next one we're going to watch is episode six, and that's the end of this series. This series, com- certainly compared to um, series one that we reviewed, it seems to have gone so quickly. It really has, hasn't it? Really quickly. I agree. Yeah, once we get stuck in, it sort of does, uh, they, they disappear fast, don't they, really? Now, we haven't talked too much about the cat this episode. We know you like the cat, Matt. How did you find the cat this episode? Not massively central to the plot. There were bits that were amusing. Okay, I understand what you said about the the joke about, you know, the cat won't work, you know, this cat don't work, you know, whatever. And then, oh, look, he's working. Um, but it was the fact is that he it went he went further than just to moan about the overalls and wouldn't wear the marigolds because they were the wrong colour and wouldn't go with his outfit. Yeah, and that, that's something they're starting to um, come into the character. Last Was it the last episode yeah. we had when he, I'm not wearing these overalls? So obviously every episode we've, we've had some kind of clothing joke. And yeah. Go back to the cufflinks again. But it was... Uh, yeah, taking his overalls, yeah, the marigolds, like you say. Marigolds with blue, are you crazy? Then, he, then I, I love the fact that he was freaking out about not being able to nap. And it's like, again, very cat-like behaviour. But he didn't do a massive amount. Obviously, then, as Dan was saying, being really cemented to being part of the gang mm. when they're really sort of getting downtrodden as a unit by Bloody Quig. I felt definitely this one. The cat was part of the story. He was not integral in the story. Yes, if he wasn't there, it still would have worked. But at the yeah. same time, he was there because he's part of the crew. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, comfortable enough like. to comfortable enough to chip in so when uh, when the chess match is happening you know he's got his observation and you know he leans in tells holly I've, I've noticed you know every time you take a move he takes a move it's like yeah thanks for the tip man <laughs> now um for those of us that have watched obviously all of them is this is this a a, a point of the cat saying something obvious and stupid have we had many of those before because i don't again spoilers here matty but this, this starts to crop up from time to time was this the, the biggest sort of like telltale of the future that he's going to start saying stupid things like this because has he said anything that daft before hmm. i think he's portrayed betrayed that he's not human wildly smart uh you know so what is it so what is it so what is it? He's yeah. done. He's done a bit of that, but um... yeah, but you, you can accept that he doesn't understand stuff because it's not his culture, not his background, sure. yeah, yeah, or whatever. But th- this one is a is a is beyond that, isn't it? It's a sort of like they're obviously playing a game, and he's he it's, it makes a really stupid comment. So I just wondered if this was the real first cat's a bit thick. <laughs> hmm. I, I think he probably is. We we, we found out that he's he's very much a cat he's not very bright he's hugely vain 
Um, and uh, yeah, some of those things that you know, Matty will see coming up again and again are, are, are beginning to emerge. And I think that's just the level of comfort. They've worked out what works uh, and, 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 he's, and he's doing them very well. But I didn't feel they got in the way, but you may be right. That's um, No, I don't think it got in the way, but it's, it's just, I'm just interested in that, in that emergence of these different things in the characters as we go through. Like we've started to see more of the bullying of Rimmer and we got another bullying story this week, didn't we? Again, mm. leaning on the tragic side of... I, for a while, I thought we were going to avoid it completely, but yeah, we still got a big segment in about his poor childhood, and Lisa just dismisses it as, "Oh, that's how kids are." But obviously, we know that that has a massive effect on on people in their mm -hmm. lives. If we're being serious about it for a moment, but yes, yeah, so I'm just interested in the emergence of these things as we go through, and obviously, you can only start to see these things if you if you know what's coming up a little bit. So that's why I don't want to go about go on about it too much. But yeah, that's definitely where the cat's going a little bit, isn't it? Yeah, I thought that R this Rimmer story this this week was, um, do you know what? Yeah, kids kids do bully. They can they can be mean, but they were going to eat him. To be fair, I mean that that I mean they didn't, <laughs> but I can I can see that leaving an emotional scar. Did anyone take note of the um, the camp, camp leader's name? I watched it a second time and thought that's a really weird, stupid name, but I didn't write it down. Oh yes, Yakataka the space mistress. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can I? My favourite bit of the whole uh, Porky Roebuck story was when he was saying how great mates they were. He goes, you know, his dad was secretly knocking off my mum. We were that close. Oh yeah, 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 fantastic. Yeah, I mean that's it. All these things about his past that just build up and build up all the time. But but that wasn't that wasn't the problem. So Rimmer had a friend, completely didn't mind that his dad was knocking off his mum. Doesn't matter, we were mates, you know. <laughs> but didn't they actually get into the conversation when they were talking about Rimmer's infl inflatable friend, inflatable yeah. Ingrid? And it turns I mean, out- even, even Ingrid is cheating on him. Yes, I mean, it yeah. turns out that Lister is seeing Ingrid behind his back. That's, That's a great line. That's yeah, that was, line. yeah, that was, yeah, that was. Now, I, I want to sort of um, go into another moral thing here. Obviously, Quig isn't a nice computer, but even if he's working for the company, if he was real, right, should the computer be allowed to take over the body of a hologram? For comedic effect, absolutely. <laughs> I'm, not talk I'm not talking about for comedic effect. I thought we'd go, you know, let's, let's, let's look at the moral aspect here. If you've been resurrected as a hologram, would it be allowed that we take over and make him... I mean, why the hell he needs to exercise as a hologram anyway? I don't know. Again, comedic effect. But it just struck me that that's really quite quite a terrible thing to be allowed to do. Yes, you're right. But he did explain it, didn't he? You know, you're a company asset. This is what has to happen. It, it, was, it, was, it was nonsensical, completely nonsensical. You know, because he's not alive. He he has died, and he's been brought back as um, a computer-generated version of of himself as a hologram. I mean, I know I'm usually the one saying, it's just, it, it, "If it's funny, then go for it," and I and I do totally believe that. But for the sake of conversation, it just struck me that this was really quite a shoddy thing to be able to do to someone because he he's dead, but he is alive. It's just quite interesting. Quite interesting, I thought. But I don't know if you can actually refer to him as someone because he's not. He's he's computer generated. I I know what you you mean. The essence and the soul of Rimmer, I suppose, is is there and and the personality. But I don't know how moralistic we can be about that. Ooh, very deep. Oh, let's, let's we could bring in Descartes here. Obviously, 
He's he does think he, he is acting for himself. So, so to my mind, to all intents and purposes, I, I think they proved on. Ryan. I think they proved on Star Trek that Data was his own person at one point. So why? So same for Rimmer, as far as I'm concerned. Oh God, let's <laughs> get Captain Picard on the case. That's a load of Tottenham. That is. <laughs> it's a steaming pile of Hotspur. Matty, what did yeah. you think of the toothpaste moment? The toothpaste. Why? I quite like the toothpaste moment. It was quite a D- good idea. Just struck me as something you might do in the morning. Do you know what? It's funny you say that because I genuinely thought I'm going to try that one day. <laughs> <laughs> Square it up and just see what. I genuinely thought. I wonder if there's like a toothpaste gun I could get or something like that. But yeah, I actually like, oh quite God. like that. <laughs> can I? Can I just point out that? was a new t-shirt that was a green t-shirt that i don't think i've seen him wear and then later on in the same episode he's wearing another t-shirt we haven't seen yeah. up wow. to this point he's worn his red london jets one and he's worn the did da don't shoot one those are the only two i've noticed the different color he's had different color did da don't shoot hasn't he i think he might have but yeah and he's had a yellow one when he was getting his spec when he was getting all tarted up on in Crichton. i mean he's turning into the cat there you go. I'm not sure where the cat will put toothpaste all over a green t-shirt. <laughs> there you go. You've mentioned the K word again. Another episode, and still no Crichton. Oh, I keep stealing. Oh, I was going to. I was going to ask you about that later. How yeah. you felt about it? Lack of Crichton again. Thank you very much. You know what? Oh, you miss it. You, you know what? Him? I'm actually starting to think we're not going to see this Crichton for the rest of this series. <laughs> Now, for those people who are listening, um, Matt is is sticking his fingers up at me, um, which actually leads me on to another little comment I wanted to make. (laughs) Something else I I, I felt didn't work. We'd had the scutter give us the V sign, and then we had Rimmer give us his knackered V sign when he was worn out. (laughs) I like that. I, I liked it a lot, but I think it lost a little something because we'd already seen a V sign in the episode. Am I overanalyzing? Yes. <laughs> yes. We, we, it's, not, it's probably one of a number of paths that we've gone down in this episode. That... <laughs> yes. I just, I just tend to look at these things, and I, I think, um, yeah, sometimes these things lose their power if, if you see them too often. That's why I've gone on about the repeated jokes uh, in this episode. So whilst, yes, it was your favourite episode, Dan, I think there was a few things that just jumped out to me that... that um, that I felt they could have, still could have improved on, really, and it's stuff like that. Because actually, there was a lot of sloppy editing in this episode. Oh, you're well. determined to find fault with it. Dan <laughs> said really how, how good it is, and you're just there, there right? You're like, right, <laughs> challenge accepted. I will find fault with it. Do you know? What, do you know what, Matt? What I will say is, you are a total, total. I don't know. There's not a word for it yet, Smack but head. whatever it is, you are a total one of him. Total, total way. Yes. you're probably you're probably right. But um, <laughs> no, I'm not. I not, honestly, I I love the episode. I think it's brilliant. Um, and our Becky, um, moment of the week. She hooted with laughter at the end. I mean, it was great. Is the payoff is brilliant. And uh, but yeah, I just noticed a few editing moments that were quite bad. And actually, there was one moment which was really quite bad. Was when Rimmer was playing drafts with El Scutto. Mm-hmm. And um, there was Cat was in the background, and he was looking at a director or a cameraman or someone in the audience, and he was out of character. I noticed that. Notice that. I noticed yeah. that. I didn't notice that. No, I mean I've never noticed that before when I've watched the episode, but I noticed it this time, and it's sort of like, well, that's that's quite bad for a, a TV show to 
allow that to slip through really it can be because i've seen this happen to a lot of shows doctor who especially the ones that are classic for it that they've all been made with a certain aspect ratio and even though it's still in that same aspect ratio you see a little bit more and you see people out of focus that normally wouldn't no it, it wasn't that it was it was far it was far too in the frame for it really. oh, okay. it was it was I, whether he thought he wasn't in the frame like you say maybe he thought he was out of shot and they were concentrating on rimmer and it and by the time it and no one noticed, and by the time it got back to the editing, that's all it's there. Just get on with it. People will see it once, move on. You know, they won't notice. I, I do I mean, feel you're, I do feel you're picking. But look, the question of perfection <laughs> no. continues. But you know who this is, picking. right? Come. This is this is my second favorite TV show. It's weird. There's almost like a pattern. I kind of, I have an idea, and I think I'm putting a bit too much pressure on next week's episode to be absolutely fantastic, because up until this point in series one. Episode five was confidence and paranoia, I think. And that was the real standout one so far in that series. And then we liked uh, episode six as well, or if not more in some cases. So it's like, oh, it's like you, they're doing what they, they did before. They're ramping up to a bit of a, I don't want to say season finale, but that's what I mean. Well, you see that, but obviously I've taken note, obviously, because I'm watching it via Netflix and obviously it tells you what the name of the next episode is. And I must say, it's called Parallel Universe? Parallel mm-hmm. Universes? Obviously, haven't seen it, no clue, but I'm very interested by that because my like my favourite episode of Doctor Who was one with Parallel Universes, so I'm fascinated to see what they do here. My my hopes and my well, expectations... It sci-fi ideas deeply and uh, philosophically. <laughs> you know we're talking about Red Dwarf, right? No, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to the next one. But there were a couple of things that, that made me think of, of, of you guys, actually. First of all, there was a slice of toast, and we didn't get to see it created, and I'm sure that upset you, man. Yeah, where, where's the toaster? Talking about Crichton, where's the toaster? <laughs> I know, I know. Bloody outrage. And, and other Matt, there was singing. What? How do you rate Holly singing? Holly singing, we know, yeah. We know your thoughts on this, the singing, but... Yeah, um... What did he say? What was it that he sung again? Goodbye, oh, he was singing. Oh, I say goodbye love. to love. Oh, yes, he was. That's right. He was singing the Carpenter song. I, the, I it was the theme to High Noon. No, oh, yeah, no, no, that no, was, no. That was the. That wasn't Holly singing. That was the actual theme to High Noon. Yeah, yes. no, no, you're right. Yeah. Forsake yes. me, oh my darling. Holly, Holly whistles the theme from the Great Escape earlier on, but uh, yeah. yeah, he was singing um, "Goodbye to Love" by the Carpenters. Not terribly um, well, but then again, um, because I know that, well, that song, was... I know that song really well, and my parents loved the Carpenters. I really laughed, really laughed. <laughs> oh, well, so, I'm, I'm glad you finally found some singing. That gets a tick to that appreciate gets a tick from me. No, now, Matty, I... how did you find that moment? Um, obviously, that's the bit where he's being erased. How did you feel about it, seeing it for the first time? Because it, it was I don't quite... know about Matt, but obviously, me and Dan clearly know that's not going to happen and, and what the resolution is but how did you feel it was really sad it was genuinely quite sad it was done in such a way that like the way he was almost singing and he was almost like a saying a goodbye and it was emotional um but yeah i was really it was really sad what it happened but i think the way how sad it was made it even funnier when it was a joke it was sad and it was well done but it was almost and maybe it's because we've watched them sort of back to back it was almost an echo of when they um were getting rid of the one rimmer in the in the previous series it was almost like that 
similar. You've got Rimmer dressed up in all his sort of military finery and he's doing giving a real sort of heartfelt speech and then there's Harley singing goodbye to love and stuff like that. It, it felt it felt kind of similar to that. Yeah, I know what you mean and I think they are they are exploring these things again. It's almost like the first series was a was a test run. It did okay, but then hopefully we get a big audience. It's like the April Fool joke, really, because we had that joke mm. in series one as well, didn't we, really? It was done better here. It was funny in the first series, but it was done even better here. But, yeah, it's the same joke, isn't it? I, I, I do hope you don't get off-put by Red Dwarf recycling concepts. <laughs> oh, they do it all well, the it is that fine line. I mean, in comedy, it's that fine line, isn't it? Of yeah. When, com- is, when is a catchphrase good? Yeah, when, I was going to say, we've, we've, we're, we're all used to to comedy programmes that have repeated catchphrase, am I bothered, you know, I'm a lady, you know, that sort of thing, you know, dust, you know, there you go, just a, a few from ones that um, that have been repeated and repeated and repeated ad nauseum. I, I mean, guys, but yeah, th- those examples you use there are from sketch shows that just play on those catchphrases. Now, I got bored with Little Britain pretty quickly, personally, because it became very clear that, oh, it is the same joke this week. It's, mm. it's mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Yeah. In this scenario, I'm going to do this and then say, I'm a lady, or... or yeah, no. Know, don't want to. Yeah, no, don't want to. You know, so personally, I find that quite boring. But at the same time, in these shows, we do want to see these characters with certain traits and, and how well they're used is interesting, which is why I'm talking about the cat emerging with thick lines or talking about fashion or whatever, because these things do become prevalent later. I mean, it, it, you know, I can imagine if Crichton stayed, he could gain catchphrases, but, you know... We'll... <laughs> when they come back to something, they look at it slightly differently. They, you know, if... I mean, that's the thing. If you, come, if you stumble upon something that really works, but actually, for the rest of the episode, we had another idea, but we'll keep that. We'll come back and we'll have a look at that again. And when they do, to be fair, it... it so far, you know, it's been as good, if not better, when they've gone back to a, a concept and, and played with it some more. Yeah. It hasn't felt, it, in terms of those concepts, it hasn't felt like they've, um, they're have they retreading. Sometimes there might be some, some jokes or some catchphrases that have a shelf life. But the re- concepts, I think they've been really good with those. Yeah, the repeated behaviours by some of the characters is kind of endearing, though. It's different, I suppose, you know, I maybe didn't use the right example for this sort of sketch show Things, but no, like... no, it was good. I'm glad you brought it up because there is a distinct yeah. difference between how some people use them, and those things do creep into shows, don't they? If we look at Only Fools and Horses, for example, the catchphrases of Del Boy yeah. and Trigger and, and whoever else become more repeated as it goes on, and it's sort of where's the line of haha, that's funny to oh no, not that again. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But the, you know, those personality traits is uh, is what endear the the characters to us. You know, it's what we expect. You know, Lister's going to eat something disgusting. You know, Rimmer's going to be going to be hoity and and um, condescending. The cat's going to say "ow," spin round, and then comment on his clothes. You know, and Holly's going to say "all right, dudes," or whatever it is that he says. You know, and, and Crichton's not going to exist. Yes. Well, to be fair, he's he's been quite consistent and has uh, has, has played that in every episode so far. He really he's has done it really well. He's yeah. done it really well. Really good. Because <laughs> yeah. we we did a quiz the other night. Where we had um, sitcom phrases and and one of them was Monge two Monge two. I was going to say Monge two, um... <laughs> but yeah, it was it's... one of the ones that people instantly got, wasn't it? And that's yeah, the, it's just, it's and, just... and that's the bit. Yeah, there is a yeah there is a line somewhere between endearment and irritation. 
Mm, definitely. And it's, it's a hard line. It's, it's a difficult line. It's what makes comedy interesting, I think, isn't it? Right. So I'm going to make amends. I've got a couple of lines that I absolutely love that have not even been mentioned yet. Um, first was when Rimmer was talking about taking a dog out and oh. <laughs> blowing, <laughs> blowing the mother away. <laughs> that sort of came out of the blue, I felt. Take him out to the barn with a double-barreled shotgun and blow the mother away. <laughs> and I'm only saying that because I'm so fond of him. Well, I'm only saying that because I love him so much. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was brilliant. And another rumour one, when obviously his legs go missing. His... Well, if it's not serious when your genitals can go wandering off on their own, I'd like to know what is. <laughs> Which I uh, really tickled me. I thought it was a good one. Any... any um last words from you chaps i think we've sort of explored this one to its fullest now obviously correct me if you've got anything else burning you want to say matt anything else you want to add no i think we've we've covered over over, over everything it was uh it was a very 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 enjoyable experience i fully agree with that i've nothing else to say on this how, how are you feeling we're not I'm, i should ask you at the end of the series but but where, where do you stand as a red dwarf fan at the moment I'm genuinely really enjoying the series. I'm enjoying this series a hell of a lot more than the first one. The first one was entertaining, but I wouldn't run to watch it again. This series, I'm genuinely thinking I, I want to watch this series all over again for the enjoyment of watching it all over again. Well, I'll tell you what, in two years' time, we'll revisit series one and get your opinion again, maybe. <laughs> Dan, anything to add? I, I, I saved it. I thought somebody else might, might pick it up, but one of my favourite lines just... This is this is mutiny, Mister Quig. I'll see yes. you hand from the highest yard. I'm in Titan Docks for this day's work. Oh, now that, yeah, that is meant to be it. a mutiny on the bounty. Yeah, reference, isn't yeah, yeah. It? Yes, yeah, yeah. By referring to him as Mister, yeah, absolutely, Mister Quig. Yeah, no. It's just lovely. Yeah, it's lovely the way he says says that. Um, one last thing from me then. Uh, I, I love the way that um, Chris Barry does his sudden star jumps when his body's taking control. I thought that was rather convincing. It's a little thing, but just the way he suddenly loses control of his body. He's a good physical actor, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, very good. Mm, really is. Horsey takes King Brawl. The moral of the story is we'll appreciate what we've got and appreciate how awesome we are. And uh, probably on, on that note, we should uh, say cheerio. So cheerio from me. Cheerio from me. <laughs> Cheerio from me. Cheerio from me. Is it a wuss? Is it a wuss? Is it a wuss? Is it a wuss?